Isn't it absolutely insane how like memory works? Because I can remember something and I can remember all the events around this thing. But no matter how much I try to pull my brain towards it, I can't actually figure it out. Even in the sense when your memory fails, but your muscle memory can kick in. Like when you can pull yourself away from it enough that like your fingers will just do it. Like, pa like passwords in my phone. If I'm like, okay, what was it? No. But if I'm like, okay, let me just let my fingers do it. My fingers will be like, okay, I got you, I got you. What? That doesn't make any sense. And even the sense of like our body remembering something, but ourselves not fully being able to grasp it. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Because then it, okay, that really speaks for the idea of separation between consciousness and your physical, you know? That's a very intense separation. Because even looking at my hands right now, I don't need to send a conscious thought to my fingers to move. I don't need to send a conscious idea to my toes to wiggle. I can just do it. Not even looking at them. Not even looking at them. Just do it. Not even like thinking about it. Or like if you're muscle or your tendon like twitches or something that's a bit different that's more like your body like i don't know under strain or something or under tension that's a twitch but like when you want to make a movement but you only have to think about a movement or me speaking i don't need to think about me speaking to speak that's why it's so important to say oh think about what you're going to say before you say it because if you just let yourself just keep on going you can really end up in some crazy situations i'm really happy you no matter what me being hesitant to say something all the time has worked out so many times in my favor yeah sure it's worked against me like when you're in class and you know the answer and you're about to put your hand up you're like no 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 what if i'm like what if this is completely off the charts but then someone else says it and that's the time your, your professor decides to be oh great amazing student go on dean's list and then you're like, wait, what did I do wrong? Because I had the answer right in my head. So there's times when speaking up works for you and against you. But when it works for you, it works for you. Because when you're just... Sometimes, especially when you look in someone's eye, and you can just tell that they are not mentally prepared to take on any statement that contradicts what, with what they just said. Like, you cannot sway them from what they're saying. Either you can't sway them... Or you will just ruin their whole day. And so that's why I'm really always suspect. Mm, not suspecting. Mm, I just kind of side-eye someone that says, I have to say what's on my mind no matter what. Because you can evaluate situations. And you can decide that what I'm going to say isn't that constructive for anybody. Not even me. Much less this person that's in, mm, I wouldn't say vulnerable. But sometimes people are in vulnerable states. No matter how much you look at someone and say, oh, they know they're like they're a grown person. They know what they're doing. You never know. Because triggers just trigger people in different ways. You don't always know how someone's going to react to that. I could say, oh my goodness, I don't like your coat to someone. And that could be the coat, the, the last coat their grandma gave them before they passed. And their grandma was someone that they loved. Their grandma made them apple pies every Sunday. And they just, that, their grandma was their only sense of peace. And me insulting that coat 
shatters shatters such a good pure moment probably the last pure moment that they shared with their grandma and you're gonna do that to someone because you can't stop yourself from speaking your mind control yourself get it together that's no excuse absolutely no excuse it really does infuriate me when i see other people hurting. like i don't know because why would you have to do that or like when you see that people get like joy out of hurting people or have you ever gotten a smirk from someone when you, <laughs> when you know they were trying to make you mad and like sure you might fall into a little bit usually i don't usually i can like keep it until like i turn around and i'm like yo they're actually a demon but when you can see that smirk from someone right when they're trying to make you mad and you're like why are you built like this what in your childhood made you this way who hurt you enough to the point where you want to go and cause absolute havoc and chaos in someone else's life? That is not right. That you're not, you can't be mentally sound. And maybe you should do all of the public a good, a good investment and check yourself into somewhere. Get a therapist. Get a therapist. Not easy. Getting therapy is actually like really, really difficult. People are fighting for like, making the step to want to go to therapy to breaking past like a lot of people coming from families where like mental health is, isn't well it's acting up but where mental health isn't that you know isn't seen as something that's important. So already making that step where you're going past like what your family sees from you expects from you and then when you find out that therapy costs like 300 sometimes for like an hour or that there just aren't good therapists and you know you're at a university where they're sending you emails during quarantine saying we love you you know okay not love they're like we're here for you the student body you know mental health first same exact institution where there where counselors are oh sorry if you don't book exactly one minute past the, past the deadline every spot is gone or the counselors are just like kind of trash in general that doesn't make sense so much money should be going towards, or funds at least, should be going towards better mental health for students, better counseling for students. Instead, they're given absolute dirt and rags. I don't understand that. If you want your students to be good at school, like everything is founded on mental health. How can there be any other? Why would that not be an important thing? And even going back to the idea of like, you know, being from family, I'm not, thank goodness. Being from a family where like mental health is isn't discussed or isn't seen as important a lot of the times i mean all of these these parents are also coming from places where you know they had to brush themselves off pick themselves up and like that's the only thing that makes sense for them when you need to go somewhere just take a step and take a step and take a step and that isn't something you need to think about when you can when you can what's the word train yourself enough to only need to work from a place of basic survival and basic get to the day get to the next day get to the next day i guess it can kind of not make sense for your kid to come to you and be like i'm sad i can't do things do this because okay <laughs> i'm sad too but i'm putting food on your plate 
I'm putting dollars in a bank account so that you can wear clothes. So I, I do understand that part of it. But also, you know that mental health or that, I guess they really are getting through for their kids. And that's where we do really have to look at our parents' sacrifices and realize that this is the only reason why we're allowed to feel certain ways or we're allowed to see this as an issue. Because honestly, I'll, okay, I won't like examine it and I won't like pinpoint it, but sometimes I'll be, I'll just say, oh, you know, this was, you can think of this in not as negative as a light. You can take this in a more positive way. But if you take it in, that's me coming from my own place of privilege where like I'm not, I didn't have to go through a life where literally the only thing we're trying to do is immigrate to a new country, get a better life and start something new, start something better. So coming from that, saying point blank, hey, how about you be a little bit more positive? And don't think about this. The only reason why I don't have to think about certain things is because there's people that think about those things for me. And not in the sense of I'm benefiting off of them or just like leeching off of them. I mean, like, these are people that love me. These are people that like want the best for me. And they wouldn't, you know, let me go without it regardless. But yeah, it's so easy to say to your parents, oh my goodness, you need to like, Start believing in the power of manifest. Come on. When like they didn't. Or they knew that was there. But. But like. It wasn't as. It was more them. Like they definitely had to. When you're working a job. That requires you to be here. Or be square. Every day. Day in day out. Put in your hours. You don't really get to. You don't really get to idealize life in a way. And so me saying so simply, oh, just do this. Doesn't might not actually click. Doesn't might not actually click. That's what I'm going to go with. And so I think there's an idea of putting out new perspectives and challenging perspectives and saying, hey, we're allowed to see this from a different light. Take it how you want. But it's so easy to get frustrated with people that don't want to see things the way you see things now. But you have to remember where you were when you didn't see the same, when you didn't see things the same way. I really have to keep my list in check sometimes. But you really do. And where was I going with that? Um, you have to be able to see things how you saw them before. And that's not in the sense of take yourself back to that level because no matter how much you put yourself in that person's shoes you won't make their situation better that's something you have to understand point blank but then there's also in the sense of empathy understanding and not just getting frustrated when like someone's saying oh i can't do this because of this and you're like oh my goodness that's a preconceived notion and ideal that society ingrained in your brain yeah you can say that <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that, oh, it makes it really hard to do this thing. Or it makes it, or part of me feels scared to do this thing because of A, B, C. You can't just immediately say, well, fear is just, fear is not actually real. The only thing we're ever scared of in our life is folly. 
What? <laughs> but yeah, you can't always just go with the point. Like these are obvious things. Everything that we've been programmed to believe, a lot of what we've been programmed to believe is not real in any shape, way, or form. But it still affects us. And it affects us until we can really actually sit down and absorb our absorb observe sorry no not sorry take me as i am observe our thoughts if we observe our thoughts and see where they're coming from instead of you know interacting with them all the time instead of deucing it out with them we can take a minute and we can say okay why do i think this do i even think this or is this a thought that came from somewhere else if it came from somewhere else what is this somewhere is it important is it if how does it affect my life? Okay, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. If it is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting to the point where you can challenge your idea of perspective by understanding your thoughts better. And by understanding your thoughts, you can understand your fears. You can understand what you're scared of. And understanding your fears isn't always immediately banishing them. You can understand how they came to be, how they came to affect you. And honestly, understanding the people that gave it to you too. Because, oh, there, it's, it's enough to say, oh, don't think about what other people think about you. You can say that. But then when you think about, people that are affected by what other people think of them, people that go into job interviews with their hair and are denied jobs because of what people think of them. When you look at first impressions even, like those are, yes, those are valid things. But And at the same time, they're not valid at all because, oh, you can, the only thing you need in your life is you. But that's a hard notion to grasp when your entire life you've been told that people's impressions of you are what determines how your life goes. And yes, that's putting something outside of the power of yourself. So that's not a good idea to have. But I think there's always a balance. There's a balance of understanding that the impression that you have of yourself can be picked up by others. And so the impression that you have of yourself, you put yourself out there like this. Other people see you like this but also sometimes because of their own perspective because of their own life they don't always and they won't always see this you as a positive positive thing so this that you put out can be seen as positive or it can be seen as negative people will treat you based on a or b kind of i mean i mean in actuality in actuality in the best case people still treat you with respect regardless whether or not they see it as positive or negative but in the case that they don't it really depends on who you are baseline and not like who you are like oh identity i mean who you are like presented as like whether you're um a person of color depending on your gender, depending on this, that, that. And so they can take those base levels and with this idea of you 
and determine even more whether or not they respect you. That's crazy. That's absolutely insanity. So someone can look at you and, okay, you want to be about your indie vibe. And say you're black and your indie vibe goes with your dreadlocks and sense of natural. People look at that, they see a black person with dreadlocks and an indie vibe immediately outcasts of society. That's someone that they don't respect. Crazy. On the flip side, you see someone white with dreadlocks and an indie vibe. You're, oh, you're a hippie. You're trying to conform society. But you know what? In like five years, you might just end up becoming a nine to five anyway. So we'll let you have your phase. And that's crazy because something's so different. Someone going through the exact same thing can change based on the color of their skin. That's why. <laughs> Where's the sea of racism? Okay, and I'm good. That's the corny joke. I don't like that joke actually, but it just pops my mind. And honestly, that's another thing. Memes are either going to be the backbone of society in like 10 years or the downfall of society in 10 years because there are memes I don't even like that are stuck in my head forever um like and there's such though you know which one I actually hate the one that came out of I think it was the one about like minions I no I think that's one like everyone hates it was one about I forget, but there's so many memes that I hate that are just like pushed down our throats. Um, one other thing I hate, <laughs> hate's a strong word, but SNL skits these last few, what, months where they're trying to take on more of a like Gen Z approach to how the world's seen have been absolutely horrific. And if, if this word can get out to anybody, I need them to stop. I need it to be done. I need the writing team to pack up and go home. Um, maybe burn it. <laughs> burn it all. But yeah. That's all I have to say on that. On everything. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Lady Podcast. Mwah. TTYL. Talk to you later.